this episode of Farzcast. Farzine Vasugian here with you. Hope you are all having a good week, a good evening. We are broadcasting this live, or streaming this live, I should say, on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Vasugian. So for those of you who are watching this live, much appreciated. Uh, a lot to get into here on this episode of Farzcast. going to react to not all the trades, but maybe some of the biggest trades that took place leading up to the NFL trade deadline. I thought there were some uh, big moves made by a couple of teams that definitely uh, helped them get uh, a boost. Uh, spoiler alert, they're both AFC teams. So I'll touch on that. Also some Week 7 NFL reactions. Going to touch on some of that. Give you guys my biggest reactions, thoughts and reactions from Week 7. And also uh, a couple other news and notes here on this Wednesday evening on this episode of Farscast. What's up, Cameron? What's up, Gwen? What's up, Dylan? Appreciate you guys joining us here on this live stream. I see you guys. For those of you listening to the archived version of the podcast, uh, I, I'm going to start doing more of these live uh, interactions, uh, live podcasts. So uh, you guys are more than welcome to uh, to join in. Austin, I see you. What's going on, man? Uh, make sure you guys do join us uh, live on the uh, Facebook page. Um, I'll admit, not necessarily the most organized. We don't uh, always um, announce uh, or have like an organized schedule. So uh, make sure you guys do um, follow the page and uh, you'll get a notification uh, whenever we do a live um, a live podcast. By the way, uh, real quickly. Yeah, Lewis, we just started. Uh, for those of you that are watching the uh, the live stream uh, on Facebook, I just commented with a pinned post uh, putting my YouTube channels. Those two YouTube channels, I'm going to start putting some content on there. The second one is going to have more Chiefs content. Uh, the first one is just uh, gaming content on there. So uh, if you guys would, please subscribe to those two channels. One of them is brand new, so definitely needs some uh, some subscribers. Uh, please make sure you are subscribed to, to those two YouTube channels. And I'll put in the, uh, for those listening to the archived version, I'll put the uh, description, uh, the links in the description. So for those who uh, want to, they can uh, follow along on there. So uh, really hope uh, you guys can uh, follow along. Uh, definitely need some uh, subscribers, uh, especially on the uh, the gaming channel one since it's brand new. But uh, both of them, uh, if you guys haven't, please uh, subscribe to those. Uh, like I said, I'll be doing a lot more Chiefs content on the other one. You guys on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Farzine Also my Twitter handle, at Farzine21, and on Instagram, at Farzine Vesugian. Uh, and you guys can also follow along live, uh, for those listening to the archive version next time we do it on Facebook. Uh, let's see here. Let me just make sure I see... The comments, okay. Yeah, let's get started. We've already wasted enough time. Let's get going here. A lot to get into with the NFL trade deadline. Uh, some interesting trades made. And I know this was talked about recently. Andy Reid did a press conference on Monday. And it was brought up that uh, during the press conference that there are a lot more trades happening now in the NFL during the season than back when he first started. What's up, D? Thanks for joining us. Um, it, it is kind of interesting how the trade deadline, how much that has changed over the years. Uh, a lot more activity 
than in years past. The Chiefs made two trades. The Bills made two trades. I believe the Broncos traded twice, and I believe the Bears traded twice. So, a lot of activity uh, in the NFL trade deadline. The two teams that I feel like did the most to improve, uh, I'll start with the Buffalo Bills, who are already the Super Bowl favorites. They've been the Super Bowl favorites the entire time, and I think they added a little bit of a boost to their case on going to the Super Bowl. And uh, the first one they got uh, was the running back, Naheem Hines, uh, who I saw uh, Lewis Reddick called him a home run threat to opposing defenses. He's a good pass-catching running back uh, that can do damage to opposing defenses for sure. Um, that, that's definitely a guy that could thrive under an Andy Reid offense for sure, but he's going to be going to Buffalo. Uh, there was some speculation that the Bills were going to get Kareem Hunt. And, boy, I mean, if that happened, uh, that would have been... I think the Bills' Super Bowl odds would have increased by a lot, but that never materialized, fortunately. Uh, but the Bills did also add a safety, Dean Marlowe, which is pretty significant for their depth, especially with Micah Hyde out for the season, uh, which is a big blow to their defense. Uh, but Marlowe's played for the Bills before, so he's familiar with Sean McDermott's defensive scheme, what's expected, the system, all that good stuff. So there is some... There is some... Uh, optimism that you know even though you're getting a guy mid-season he can probably pick it up pretty quickly because of the familiarity he has with that team there and then uh the other team I feel like that got a big boost the Miami Dolphins a lot of people feel like the Bills are number one and the Chiefs are number two but a lot of people don't really know who the number three team is in the AFC I think it's the Dolphins right now um I, and I think the Dolphins certainly got a boost. Two is having a much better season than a lot of people thought that he was going to have. We all know Tyree Kill, what's expected out of him. Uh, he's just having another good season. Uh, Jalen Waddell doing his thing. Um, I, I mean, the Dolphins' pass-catching game is very good. But they need some help on the defensive side of things. And I think they just try to create a more balanced football team. And that's what they did by getting Bradley Chubb from the Denver Broncos. They traded away a first-round pick. It was not their own first-round pick. It was a first-round pick uh, from the 49ers, I believe. Uh, and, and I believe they added another pick or two to get Chubb. And I think this is certainly worth the investment here. And this is something that can give the Broncos a big boost to uh, to try to make a push for the Super Bowl. Because right now, everyone views the Bills and the Chiefs as 1-2. and two. The Dolphins are trying to trying to compete there. And by doing this... They certainly make a, make a case to compete in the AFC for sure. Levi says Ravens and Dolphins 3 and 4 for me. I can see the Ravens. Here's the thing. I think the Ravens. I don't know what that sound was on my end. Uh, hopefully that was a good thing. Sounded like a good thing. I don't even know if you guys heard that, but if you did, oh well. Um... The Dolphins, or uh, excuse me, the Ravens, you know, all the whole woulda, shoulda, couldas, out of any team that you want to talk about being that that, that should be undefeated right now, 100% should be the Ravens. They've had three games where they were up big and they blew the lead in all three of those losses that they have. If they play football for four quarters, they're probably the ones that are undefeated. Uh, they've got the win over the Bills. Um... Then it would, I mean, there's probably conversation that the Ravens are number one and that, that the Chiefs and Bills are two and three at that point, but that's not the case. See, the Ravens to me are an interesting team. If they can figure out their woes and have a better second half to the season 
and play with more consistency, if they can make those kinds of improvements in the second half, they could be a very interesting dark horse team for the postseason in January. Um, Obviously, still some time left before then, but the thing you got to keep in mind with the Ravens, I mean, they have just had some gut-wrenching losses this year where if they play for four quarters, they're, they're a team that would be undefeated right now. So... And as much as people want to criticize Lamar Jackson, uh, again, just that consistency, uh, they'd be undefeated right now. But that's not the case. Uh, that is not the case. So, uh, And I think the Ravens, you know, they've still got an opportunity to uh, to improve for sure. A lot of Chiefs fans on here talking about Ndamukong Sue or OBJ. You know what's funny is I put a post on uh, Facebook and Twitter saying that today would be a great day to, for the Chiefs to either sign OBJ or Ndamukong Sue. Man, there were some angry Chiefs fans out there that do not want to see either of those. It's like, why not? Um, what improvements are you afraid of seeing? Uh, especially with Sue. And, and, you know, I understand he doesn't have the greatest track record, mind you. I understand that. But you know who could maybe help give him an attitude adjustment? Andy Reid. We've all seen Andy Reid uh, give players second opportunities. We, I mean, the most famous one is Michael Vick. I know today, after everything we've learned over the years, there's some question marks as to what really happened with the 2014 incident. But at the time when Tyreek Hill was drafted, everyone was under the uh, everyone was under the assumption that Tyreek Hill was guilty of, of of what he did in college, and Andy Reid gave him that second opportunity. So Andy Reid, if anything, uh, you know. I think Andy Reid can say, hey, look, no bullshit here, okay? We want you to play football, something we know you're great at. By the way, what kind of a defensive line would Kansas City have with Chris Jones and Ndamukong Sue right next to each other? Do you know how hard it is to get a very stout defensive line? See, a lot of you guys are agreeing with me on this one. If you asked me this last week before the Kadarius-Tony trade, I would have said Odell Beckham Jr., Okay, Matt says, why not? I don't think we have enough money for OBJ. See, I think the Chiefs do have enough money for either one. I don't think they have enough money for both. I don't I don't think you can afford both of them. But for, for OBJ, I'm not going to say it's impossible, like it's a 0% chance, but I think it's a very slim chance that OBJ comes here because Juju Smith-Schuster and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, they've picked up the offense. They know what's expected now. They know what to do in this offense. McCall Hardman, I know he's not the most consistent, but he's coming off a good game too. So I think the Chiefs really need to focus on looking at the defensive side of things and get Odell Beckham, or excuse me, Nandopik and Sue on that defensive line. Because if you have Chris Jones right next to Nandopik and Sue and on the outside, you've got Frank Clark whenever he comes back from his suspension. The way I view it is you've got a two-week break, and when you come back, you're going to be fresh and ready to go right when the playoff race starts to heat up. Then you've got Carlos Dunlap who's a seasoned veteran and knows what to do. And you've got George Karloftis. I know statistically speaking, Karloftis is not having the most eye-glowing season. But if you go beyond the stats, he's got the most quarterback pressures of any rookie in the NFL right now. So he's he's gone out there and gotten after the quarterback. You put you put those five together on the same team, and then you know you got guys like Derek Naughty and Mike Dana who have been gotten involved with the defensive line in rotation. Uh, 
I like it. I love it, man. If it was up to me, I would want to see Ndamukong Sue in a Chiefs jersey because that would give the Chiefs one hell of a playoff push. And I think, honestly, that would be Brett Veach's biggest midseason acquisition. In fact, I think that might be his biggest free agent acquisition. Maybe draft and free agency. I don't think there there could there could be a name bigger than than Ndamukong Sue that Brett Veach could bring in. I'm not opposed to Odell Beckham Jr. It's just if you're going to do that, I just don't know how much of the offense he can pick up because he hasn't practiced with the team in a very long time. That's the the red flag I see immediately with Odell Beckham Jr. Um, that's the biggest concern I have with him. L- listen, a defensive line coming in, uh, an interior defensive lineman, you, it's not like you need to pick up a lot of things on the defense. I mean, you're playing interior defensive line. It's not something you're going to need a lot of time to to learn, right? I mean, what is there to learn? How long has Sue been out? Well, he hasn't been with the team all year. So uh, it's been, I mean, what? When was the last time he played a game? Let me just see if I can look that up uh, real quickly as we do this here. By the way, for those watching the live stream, if you see the pinned comment, please subscribe to those two YouTube channels. Uh, definitely could use some uh, some new subscribers to those two channels. One of them is completely brand new, so the more we have, the better. Uh, we certainly would appreciate it. Yeah, he was with the Buccaneers last year, played all 17 games with the Bucs. Uh, did he play in the playoffs? I believe he did, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he hasn't played with a team this year. Um, I don't think he signed with anyone. Okay, for some reason, it's not showing the game logs on NFL.com. I don't want to waste any more time on this. But the bottom line is, yeah, he played with the um, with the Buccaneers last year. I appreciate you subscribing, Lane. Thank you. Is there at least an 80% chance for Sue to come to Kansas City? Look, I don't know, Jeff, what number I'd put on it. I, I, I would like to think the Chiefs are leaning towards defense than offense right now let me just say this what offense do you need right now if the Chiefs are going to go after an offensive player I would prefer an offensive lineman because I'm not the biggest fan of uh uh not Odo Beckham Jr um Orlando Brown Jr even though he had a really good game against San Francisco he just hasn't really panned out the way the Chiefs would have liked for him to by now so I would prefer the Chiefs maybe do something on the offensive line if they're going to go offense but they're not they like OBJ um, the offensive lineman OBJ, uh, and Lucas Niang just practiced today. So I think there is a possibility he comes back and takes Andrew Wiley's spot very soon. The Chiefs lead the NFL right now in big passing plays of 25 yards or more. I mean, what what more do you need? Okay, sure, maybe they could use a down-for-down down running back, but I like the way they're what, what they're doing with their running backs. Uh, the running back guy by committee, I think Clyde edwards not living up to his first-round draft pick status, but he's doing fine. I like Isaiah Pacheco. I think Jarek McKinnon has been good whenever he's coming. I think he helped kind of jolt the Chiefs a little bit uh, when they uh, needed some help when they were down 17 nothing. Uh, Susan says, is your solo cup blue for the Bills and not red for the Chiefs? Just saying, nah, yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> Good observation, Susan. Uh, Gwen says, O-line would be okay. No receivers said it. Yeah, see, I, I the, even like the backup receiver, like the depth the Chiefs have at receivers and tight end, I mean, they're working. It's all working out right now for the Chiefs. So if the Chiefs are going to do anything, I prefer it be on the, on the defensive side of, th- of, of things. 
than the offensive side. Yeah, see, Matt, it could be considered a Royals Cup. We can we can just go with the uh, the powder blue on this. Come on now. By the way, real quickly, before I I do have a funny story to share, real quickly, uh, before I talk about uh, Week Seven reactions. Um, I did get a PS5 finally. I did get a PlayStation 5 finally. Uh, I decided to look in stores first, and I went to a Best Buy. And I asked, uh, I haven't been to a Best Buy in years. Um, so the guy who greets who, uh, every customer that walks inside the door right away uh, immediately asks, you know, can I help you find anything? I'm like, yeah, I, I heard you guys get a new truck every Friday. Um, did you guys by any chance get any PlayStation 5s in? And I don't know what he was doing, who he was talking to on his um, on his Clearcom, but then he just looks on BestBuy.com, which I've already done myself. And then he's like, "No, but we can get you a Microsoft uh, S a Series S." I'm like, "Excuse me, what?" He's like, "Yeah, we can get you a Microsoft Series S instead." I'm like, I looked at what he was showing me on his phone. I'm like, "Oh, that's an Xbox." No, I I asked for a PlayStation. It's like someone's asking for a PlayStation, and as an alternative, they're they're trying to get you to buy an Xbox. Like, come on, what are you doing? Anyway, uh, none of you guys probably care too much about that. All right, week seven reactions. Uh, I do have to uh, give some credit where credits due, because I did say that I felt like the Cowboys would be better off with Cooper Rush. So far, they're doing just fine with Dak Prescott. Uh, not quite the biggest wins over the Lions and the Bears. Not really quality wins, but hey, wins are wins. Um, that's all that really matters. Their next game, they're, they're not playing this week, so it's going to be the week after when they play the Green Bay Packers. Um, I know that's not really considered the biggest challenge anymore because Green Bay's not having a good season, but I will say this. Week 11, mark my words, by the way, week 11, Cowboys-Minnesota, that's a big test, I think, for the entire Cowboys team, including Dak Prescott, who I still think has a lot to prove, and I'll say this right now. That game, 100%, I'd be shocked if this doesn't happen. They will flex that to Sunday Night Football. I would rather see that than Steelers-Bengals, especially with how terrible the um, the primetime games have been this year. The NFL needs to make sure their Sunday Night games are at least watchable when it comes to being able to flex these games now uh, because they're at the point where they can do that. Week 11, they better change uh, Steelers, Bengals, Sunday night to Minnesota and uh, Dallas. What do I think of Minnesota, Elaine? I think they're the most underrated team right now in the NFL. No one's really talking about Minnesota. Everyone's talking about the Bills, the Eagles, and the Chiefs in that order. A lot of people feel like the, the top three teams in the NFL right now are those three teams. And I mentioned this on the podcast, I think last week or the week before. Minnesota is a very underrated team right now. And you know what? If I'm a Vikings fan, I, I may not like that, but... There's this whole thing where you can go under the radar and really um, really make some noise. So, Minnesota is a very good team. Um, I think Kirk Cousins is having a better season than expected. Uh, Justin Jefferson, hell of a receiver. Uh, Dalvin Cook, I mean, they're just doing really good on the offensive side of things. And I think on defense, they're doing some good things as well. Um, Smith is having his best season, longtime Viking. Uh, having his best season in, in quite some time. Uh, by the way, speaking of bad primetime football, the Bengals, who just looked flat out terrible against the Browns, uh, their offensive line is bad. Uh, and it really makes you appreciate Brett Beach as a Chiefs fan because of the job he's done rebuilding that offensive line. The Bengals tried to do something similar, and it's just not working out. And it's not just that, too. Jamar Chase is now out four to six weeks, uh, who was coming off a great game 
the previous week, as was Tyler Boyd. Uh, but when he's gone, Joe Burrow just looked absolutely lost. And it wasn't just him. I mean, the entire offense was out of t- I mean, they were not in sync at all. Uh, what everyone expected from Patrick Mahomes without Tyreek Hill, that, that's what's happening with Joe Burrow without Jamar Chase. Everyone thought Mahomes was going to struggle. Okay, not, not everyone, but a lot of people out there thought Mahomes was going to struggle without Tyreek Hill. That expectation from Mahomes is happening right now in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow without Jamar Chase. Um, I like Joe Burrow. I, I think he's a good story for the NFL. He had, he had the opportunity to be the first triple crown guy uh, winning the national championship in college, the Heisman, and also winning a Super Bowl in the NFL. Uh, it has not been done, at least uh, so quickly, the way he has done it. Uh, so that would have been a really nice story. But, uh, boy, it's, just, it's not going to happen anytime soon. That's for damn sure. I gave the Bengals a lot of credit last week on the podcast after a slow start. They started, what, 0-2, I think, and then they won four of their last five. And now they just ran into a brick wall. Uh, I can't really figure out the Bengals. To me, they're a mystery team right now. You know who else is a mystery team? The Patriots. Just last week, last Monday night, the sky was falling in Foxborough after that Monday night football loss to the Bears. And here's the wild part. Obviously, you can only have seven playoff teams from each conference. If you could have eight teams, you know where the number eight seed would be in the AFC right now if there was one? The Patriots. They'd be in the playoffs if you had eight from each conference. Listen, New England, they're a weird team right now. If you remember last year, the Patriots got off to a really slow start. And then they figured it out as the season went on, uh, except in mid-December, they did lose three or four games. But despite the stretch they had at that time, they still won enough games to make it into the playoffs. They had the number one seed at one point. The Patriots are a very good football team. They're a very good football team, I think. If you got Belichick, you can never count this team out. Um, They just need to play their game. That's what they need to do. Uh, I think the Patriots will be one of the three wildcard teams. November just started. Um, It's not necessarily early, but it's not over yet either. So there's time for the Patriots. Given their position right now, they can make a playoff push. 100%. Uh, You know whose season is over, though? The Raiders. Uh, I'm sorry. It's over. I, I don't care. How much time is left? Their season's over. You cannot convince me they're turning things around. They're just not. Uh, Derek Carr played like complete shit. Okay? He just did. Can we just be honest? Um, The Raiders did not possess the ball once beyond the 50-yard line until Jared Stidham on the final drive of the game came into play for the Raiders. And at that point, the Saints were just playing prevent defense because they wanted to not risk any injuries or anything. They just wanted to get out of there. By the way... The Raiders, not only did they not score, but they couldn't get past beyond the 50-yard line against the second-worst defense in points allowed. You have Devontae Adams. You have Hunter Renfro. You have Josh Jacobs. You have Darren Waller. You have all these offensive weapons, and you could not score nor get the ball past the 50-yard line? That's not good. That's not good. Listen, Josh McDaniels is not having a good year, but this is not on him, man. Um, It's not on him. It's on the quarterback. They've stuck with this quarterback for nine years, and he still cannot give them a playoff win. Uh, Listen, they've had so many different head coaches, okay? Dennis Allen, Tony Sperano, Jack Del Rio, John Gruden, Rich Bisaccia, and now Josh McDaniels. All of these coaches and no playoff wins. I know a lot of people are defending Derek Carr, saying that he's had so many different coaches. I think you can actually use that against him. 
as a common denominator because you've tried so many. You've given you've given uh, Derek Carr all these weapons, all these pass catchers. I mentioned some of them uh, in the past. He's had Crabtree. Amari Cooper, Henry Ruggs. I know the Ruggs situation, that was unexpected. But still, you've had all these players. And you just cannot get a playoff win at the end of the day. 2016 was a great year for Derek Carr. I think he wins MVP if he stays healthy. But at the end of the day, availability is the best ability. Okay, we've heard that phrase before. And he was not available for the postseason that year. He has not won you a playoff game in the nine years you've stuck with. It's not happening this year, so I'm already counting this season. Josh McDaniels, listen, everyone deserves a second chance. He had a terrible run in in, in, uh, in Denver, despite the 6-0 start he had there. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think you got to give the guy an opportunity, a much better opportunity. Um, that right there, I, I, I don't think you can judge a guy for having uh, Derek Carr as his quarterback. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, he accepted the job, and I agree with that uh, 100%. Um, I agree with that, but um, it's just one of those situations that, you know, how can you judge a coach when their quarterback's Derek Carr, who has not figured it out for nine years? I, I, I just don't know. Bear with me real quickly. It is 8 o'clock. I need to quickly... Um, Announced the winners for the giveaways we have here. Uh, got the Instagram one announced. And I'm going to announce the Twitter one right now uh, in about two seconds. Um, there. Okay, the next team that I want to talk about, the uh, the Panthers. What a heartbreaking loss that was. DJ Moore with an incredible Hail Mary catch to tie the game. But he took off his helmet and celebrated which forced the uh, 15-yard penalty, and that forced the Panthers to kick a 48-yard PAT, which they missed. A lot of people are um, they're criticizing the the rule, which, by the way, if he makes the PAT, no one's talking about it, uh, but he missed. So, therefore, we're talking about it now. The whole situation with, um, with that right there, look, I don't agree with the rule of not taking off the helmet. Soccer has a very similar rule where you cannot take off your shirt. Otherwise, you get a yellow card after scoring a goal. But you got to know the rules, man. It's kind of like Chris Jones in week three when he went up to Matt Ryan. I know a lot of people think it's a silly rule, but it is a rule. And the Chiefs have been penalized for that in the past. So the Chiefs should know about that better than any team out there. Um, Rules are rules, whether we like them or not. So Panthers have got to be better than that. Just a heartbreaking loss. By the way, the wild part. If the Panthers win that game, there's a four-way tie in the NFC South. All three teams, or excuse me, all four teams would have been three and five. The Falcons currently lead the division at four and four right now. So they can thank DJ Moore for that one. Commanders, uh, hey, give me more Taylor Heineke. Uh, not that draft bust Carson Wentz. I, I, you got to move on from him. I, Carson Wentz, I, I mean, this guy's turning into a journeyman for a reason, okay? You got to move on from him. Give Heineke more chances, and I think he'll make the most of it. I was really impressed with Heineke when he had that playoff game against the Bucks, filling in for Alex Smith, uh, which was unfortunate because Alex Smith, everyone was hoping that he could maybe have a storybook ending 
uh, to his career after everything he had gone through in Washington. But I thought Heineke looked good. I think he deserves more opportunities. And I hope the the commanders keep giving him more opportunities. I like what he did for the for the commanders this past Sunday. So hopefully more of that. Uh, and uh, Listen, they're part of a division that everyone thought was uh, going to be a joke. Instead, it's a very competitive division. The commanders are last place, and they need something to try to stay in the race there. That division, by the way, turned into what everyone thought the AFC West was going to be. That right there is the gauntlet division right now. By the way, speaking of the commanders, Dan Snyder selling the team. I mean, good riddance. Uh, it's going to happen soon, I guess. Uh, too much bad press. Uh, from that football team with Dan Snyder there. Um, the way he handles business, the whole cheerleader photo shoot, I mean, that's a terrible look for your organization. The sexual misconduct that happens, uh, I mean, he he needs to go. Get out of the league. Get rid of the team. Let me see if I can get to a couple of you guys' questions. I did see one question. Has Devontae Adams been suspended? No. Because um, of the legal situation, the NFL is going to let that play out first, and then they'll uh, come down with a suspension so uh, it's got it's a suspension. I, I think is going to happen for sure. Uh, let's see. The game was fun to watch. Uh, I, I think you're referring to Joe Burrow getting sacked a lot. Yep, for sure. Derek Carr is lousy. Really sad for their fans because they made so many changes to improve. Yeah, I mean all that. Listen, everyone feels like not only did the Raiders get the biggest acquisition of the year. But they also forced the Chiefs to put. Essentially, they pushed Tyree Kill out of the division, and by doing that, Raiders fans used that as like some sort of a confidence boost that they were going to overtake the AFC West. It's like, no, not even close. Not even close to. You had a much better offseason this year, yet the Raiders are significantly worse. How, Derek Carr? I, I, I'm sorry. And listen, they should have stuck with Rich Passaccia. I, I don't The guy, after everything you went through, the John Gruden drama and the whole Henry Rugg situation, like, you, you, that is just completely out of your control. And your interim coach took you to the playoffs and you don't hire him as your full-time coach? I mean, that's another situation, but that's a topic for another time. Once he's a retire, I mean, gosh, I, I listen, I'm never going to say who should retire or do whatever with their career, um, but he should not be starting. No, not at all. Uh, yeah, they are up for sale. Uh, what do you think of the Chiefs clearing cap space? Can we get your thoughts on this? One? Yeah, Matt. Um, so, so that was originally asked by Michael. Yeah, so we addressed that earlier. I don't know if you guys tuned in late to the live stream. Listen, the Chiefs are not clearing all this cap space for no reason. They're doing it for a reason. So I'm very confident they're going to get someone who's... If it was up to me, I hope it's Ndamukong Sue. The Chiefs, I think, are fine on offense. Um, Their offensive tackles can be a liability at times. They can be a concern. But... If anything, I think the defense needs some help right now. And if you, if you can get Ndamukong Sue to be part of that good and stout defensive line, it's going to be more consistent and it's going to be better. Um, so I'm hoping it's Ndamukong Sue. I really do. And I know people are concerned with his attitude and his behavior. Listen, who better than Andy Reid to give him an attitude adjustment, all right? Uh, who better? Uh, Joseph says, well, the, the, the Titans have any good receivers. It is going to be a good game. For the sweet three corners. 
Uh, look, I think the Titans are going to be relying heavily on, on Derrick Henry uh, for this one. There's a reason why the line is significantly high in favor of the Chiefs. Um, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be, whether it's Tannehill or if it's going to be a Willis. Um, Tannehill just has not been consistent. He, I mean, he's got a ceiling with that football team, kind of like Alex Smith here in Kansas City. So, uh, I think the Titans will cover, though. I think it's going to be a closer game than some anticipate. Uh, but I think the Chiefs will take care of business in this one. I, I, I just do. Uh, moving on, I do want to talk about this. Uh, there are two things to talk about here. I talked about I talked about this on the live stream last night. Um, I'll talk about it again right here on the podcast, and it's all Britt Reed situation. Um, he got three years in prison. Um, you know, from the non-football side of things, I have no sympathy for Britt Reed. This guy's a repeat offender. He knew what he was doing when he got behind the wheel. He knew what he was doing is something he should have not done. Um, he was asking for forgiveness. I mean, he looked at, right at the family and the little girl and said that, you know, he has a daughter and he thinks of Ariel every time he sees his own daughter and that he, Britt Reed's family is in Ariel's corner. And then he talked about how, uh, he understands their anger and hatred, but he also believes in love and forgiveness. And the family was just not buying that. Um, they just weren't. And, um, the family had a speaker. I, b- I believe the mother of the family spoke and talked about how, you know, all these cars passed by and none of them hit them except for Britt Reed. And when Ariel was learning to walk and do all these things and get all the, all the additional help she needs, Britt Reed was not in jail for any of that. Um, so the family was outraged that it's been taking this long and that, you know, I was listening to KMBZ radio and someone mentioned, uh, they, they, they made a really good point here. They said, how is it that he wasn't arrested? Well, Arrested right right after the accident because anyone that's driving under the influence, if you get pulled over or get into an accident in this case, I mean, you're in handcuffs right away, right? Well, Britt Reed had to go get surgery at the hospital. Okay, but you can get handcuffed to a hospital bed that's happened before. So what? I mean, he went to the hospital, got surgery and got to go home and got to live this free life for almost... Two years? I mean, that's... Listen, I know a lot of people don't like to hear this, but I think, you know, his connection to his father certainly contributed to him being able to live a free life for, what, 20 months? I mean, I'm sure he was living with this thought of, wow, I I did this, and he had to live with this guilt for 20 months. Now he's going to be behind bars, and rightfully so. Uh, a lot of people are not happy with the amount of time he got. People thought it should have been more than three years. So, um, and here's the other thing, too. It's like Andy Reid, we all know what he's dealt with in his personal life with his other son passing away due to a drug overdose, and now his other son is in prison. Um, and then, you know, Britt Reid, he mentioned this in his, um, in his case, or his attorneys did, that he has th- uh, he's a father of three. Um, and I know Britt Reed's wife has a public Instagram account. Um, I mean, she's got a solid following on there and she's posted photos of the family. They've got three young kids. I don't even know. Like, how do you even explain to those kids what's going on? Like how, how, how do they comprehend that? Um, it's just a sad situation for everyone involved. Um, the, the only person who I don't feel bad for is Britt Reed. Uh, but his kids, I mean, they just, I, I mean, what, what, what do you even tell them? Um, I don't know. I, I I mean, 
I, I just could not imagine being in their shoes. And then obviously uh, Ariel Young and, and her family. I mean, this is something they have to live with forever. Um, I mean, there's there are a lot of physical limitations she's, she's going to have in her life. Yeah, I mean, Elaine, I don't disagree. Um, you know, it, it, it's a selfish act. And not only did you put that young girl and her family in such a horrible situation, I mean, you also really hurt your own family too because you're not there for them right now. You're you're behind bars, and it, it's just a sad situation. Definitely because who he was, uh, he should have to pay for everything that little girl needs. Well, well, I mean, listen, fortunately the Chiefs, I, I don't disagree, Matt, but the Chiefs, um, they did step up covering her medical expenses. Uh, so props to um, the ownership on that. Uh, it, it's just a sign of good faith, right? Um, it's just something you do. And Chiefs fans obviously stepped up. They donated more than $500,000. So that's awesome. Uh, in times like this, it's good to kind of see the, the positives because it's hard to see any any uh, positives during a, sign like, uh, a time like this. It, it's just not easy. Um, football side of things, uh, this is not really over. Um, it's possible that the Chiefs could be fined or maybe uh, find a draft pick. Uh, maybe a suspension on Andy Reid's end. It just depends on whether Andy Reid or anyone in, in that facility knew about the possession of alcohol in team premises. I know uh, there have been certain occasions where, you know, locker room celebrations are there, but uh, I don't know. Um, you can't have them in the offices, though. I don't disagree, Joe. I don't disagree. Um, so I don't know when the NFL is going to come down with a decision. It should not be hard to prove because there were additional cameras during the pandemic, um, especially the 2020 season because of all the protocol. So it should not be very difficult to prove. So I don't know what the holdup is. Um, but there's a possibility the Chiefs could be fined, um, whether it's money, draft pick, or suspension on Andy Reid's end. Just kind of depends who was aware and who wasn't. So, sad situation. Again, no one wins in that. No one really wins. Um, a couple other things to get into here. Uh, Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. The buy rate is way lower than anticipated. I saw uh, Jake Paul give a quote saying that it's it's supposed to be anywhere from two hundred to three hundred thousand. Uh, can the suspension happen during the playoffs? Listen, the NFL is handing out. They've already handed out two suspensions to the Chiefs during the season for past um, uh, conduct uh, policy violations. So it, yeah, it could happen during the playoffs, Joseph. It could. It could. That's kind of what what uh, makes me nervous, but. Listen, let me say this, because I have been very critical of Britt Reed, and I was even more critical of Henry Ruggs, because if anything, what Britt Reed did should have been a big learning lesson for everybody. That was a big story because of his connection to Andy Reed, and because it was right before the Super Bowl. Then, what, nine months later, Henry Ruggs does that? Which is even worse because it led to a death, and he was leaving a hotel when he did that. So listen, as much as I love the Chiefs, and as much as I would hate for them to lose a first-round pick because they are having the draft in Kansas City, and a first-round draft pick in Kansas City will be a special moment, um, it'd be hypocritical of me to be upset if the Chiefs lost a draft pick over this because I have been very critical of players and now an assistant coach um, being behind the wheel for these kinds of incidents uh, and what, what it's led to. 
Um, the NFL has even tried to step up and even willing to cover for taxi costs, even though these players can afford it. Um, the NFL is still willing to step up and do it if the players need it. I just don't know what more the NFL can do. Like the the punishment, the the NFL. I mean, they've got to come down with something big here. But make a make a statement. I hate to really single out guys like Britt Reed and Henry Ruggs, but make a statement. You know, um, let the Chiefs and the entire NFL know from players and future players. Don't mess around. Don't drink and drive. So if, if, if they need to use the Chiefs as an example, listen, man, I, I would hate it, but I, I'd be for it too. Uh, I'd be for it first because uh, I'm strongly against drinking and driving, texting and driving. Like It, it just baffles me when people do that. It really does. Um, so hopefully they do something about it in the near future. Uh, Matt says, uh, Jake Paul fights some in his own generation. I like that we, the people are not supporting these fights that Jake wants. You know, I did watch the two Tyron Woodley fights because I'm a big fan of Tyron Woodley. But, you know, the, the, the Ben Askren knockout, that got him some attention. The Nate Robinson knockout, that got him some attention. And that I believe the Nate Robinson knockout, didn't that happen on the same night as Mike Tyson? And uh, whoever he fought, I don't remember the name. Um, now he fought Anderson Silva, 47 year old Anderson Silva. Listen, Anderson Silva is an MMA legend, but he's an MMA legend, not a boxing legend at 47. Elaine, we're actually talking about that next. That's going to be the last topic of the podcast. Um, listen, I, I don't know, like there's a reason why this buy rate was low. Why? What is so exciting about seeing Jake Paul fight Anderson Silva, a 47-year-old, not a boxing legend, an MMA legend? I, listen, I, I'm a big fan of Anderson Silva and his MMA career. This had... I, I didn't even know the fight was happening this week. And I know they ha, they try to put some stars on, on the card. They had uh, Le'Veon Bell on the card, former Kansas City Chief and Pittsburgh Steeler on the card. No one cared. No one cares. At the end of the day, look, I know Mike Tyson uh, said this uh, this week. It's not the first time he said this. He says that the sport of boxing really owes a big thanks to YouTubers because they have kind of saved the sport. He's not wrong. OK, the uh, Logan Paul and KSI. And I listen, I'm not in tune with YouTubers. Um, they have really kind of saved or at least maybe made the sport a little relevant is are guys like. I mean, who are some of the biggest names in boxing right now? And I'm drawing a big... Who's the... Wilder? I mean, Wilder... Tyson Fury? Um, You know, you got a couple names, but are these guys... Anthony Joshua, another one? I'm looking this up as I look, because I, I don't know all these guys off the top of my head. I mean, are, are these guys... Bringing in big names. I don't think they all. I don't think Bob Arum and Eddie Hearn are doing what they can do to to bring in these big names. They're just not. Um. So, yeah, these YouTubers have really ha- kind of helped. Yeah, Canelo. Um, they've really helped kind of bring some interest to the sport. Um. But the whole what's happening with Jake Paul right now. And the low buy rate, 
I don't know, man. I know he called out Nate Diaz. I think that would really... You would see a lot more buys for Nate Diaz. For sure. I'd buy it. I'm a huge Nate Diaz fan. Nate Diaz is a massive draw. And I hope he returns to MMA one day. He did tease a potential return one day to MMA. Um, but man, um, it's just, they don't really have, um, they don't really have a lot of support right now. No one cares about Jake Paul and Anderson Silva. And you know what? Good on those people. Save your money, uh, for something way better than that. All right. Last topic here. I don't have a whole lot to say about this, but I know it's a big story in town. Bill Self, uh, and the, uh, self-imposed four game suspension on him and assistant coach Curtis Townsend. Okay. He suspended four games. Um, a lot of these games are fairly easy opponents, with the exception of that game, that big game they have, the uh, classic, I believe, at MSG. Uh, who is it against? Is it Duke, who they're playing with? Um, I'm trying to look it up on my notifications here because I don't have it off the top of my head. Uh, the, these, uh, notifications are way out of order. So maybe you guys in the comments can uh, help me out. Cause I'm drawing a blank on who they're playing. Well, it's not that they got caught, Matt. It's just a team imposed sus suspension. I think the team is the university is just saying, Hey, look, let's just give our own suspension here so we can say that he suffered the consequences and we can move on from it. That's how, that, that's how I view it. Not everyone might view it that way. But that's kind of the way I see it. Um, he's going to be back way before Big Big 12 play, which is what matters the most, right? I mean, these four games, um, let me just pull up KU basketball schedule real quickly. Because I know you're playing Omaha next week. Then you play North Dakota State. Okay, it's Duke who they're playing. And then they play Southern Utah after that. So, Bill Self is going to be back in time for the North Carolina State game. And I believe um, that is the, uh, they're going to be uh, the Battle for Atlantis, which they participate in every year. Yeah, that's the Battle for Atlantis. So, they're going to play North Carolina State, and then either Dayton or Wisconsin, and then they don't know who the next one is after that. But Bill Self will be back in time for that. So I don't really know what the suspension, I mean, like I, I know Missouri fans and K-State fans are celebrating this. I mean, is this the best thing to to happen? Uh, Matt is asking about what happened. It, it's, it has to do with the whole like case where Bill Self paid someone and to pay a recruit. Listen, I don't even know the whole details. I'm not going to pretend like I know. It's basically a cheating scandal, okay? Here's my thing on this. And I said this after the national championship game. I don't support cheating whatsoever. But you know what? Do you really believe that there are schools out there not breaking rules? A lot of them are. And listen, with the NCAA's thick rule book, they don't even know all of their own rules. They really don't. Um, there's a really great book out there called Unpaid Professionals. If you haven't read that book, please do. Because it does cover some of this a little bit. Uh, and kind of goes into detail with um, college athletes and just kind of what they go through to really give the university a big name. Um, but neither here nor there. That whole situation, man, it, look, someone on ESPN Radio said it best. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. Um, 
to me, it's like everyone is doing something. It's just not everyone's getting caught. Listen, there are a lot of people, if you go on 435 Highway here in Kansas City, there are a lot of people speeding on that highway. Not everyone gets caught speeding. Um, Same thing here. Uh, A lot of people are breaking rules, whether they know it or not, uh, intentionally or unintentionally. Not everyone gets caught. So um, I think KU is just doing this just to say, hey, look, here's Bill Self suffering the consequences. We're moving on after that. So whether you like it or not, he's dealing with the suspension. That's how I view uh, KU's standpoint on all of this. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Farscast. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you guys haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast. Share the links for those of you listening to the live stream. Please give this live stream a like and also share the live stream as well. Greatly appreciate those who do that. Also, if you guys are watching the live stream right now, if you see the pinned comment, those are my two YouTube channels that I'm going to be uh, uploading more content on. Please subscribe to those two YouTube channels. Certainly could use some uh, new followers on that, especially the uh, first one, since that is a brand new account. So please subscribe to that channel, both channels, as a matter of fact. The other one, there will be more Chiefs content on there. So if you guys haven't, please make sure you guys follow along on those YouTube channels. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. That is the Facebook page. Give it a like. Follow me on Facebook at Farzine21 on Twitter at Farzine Vesugian on Instagram. All right. I am out of here. There may be a podcast this weekend. I might be doing a bonus podcast. It's not going to be a, a very sports-centric podcast. In fact, I might not even do the, a, a live stream for that one. That'll just be archived. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Other than that, enjoy the rest of your week. My name is Farzine Vesugian. I will talk to you guys later. Take care. Take care.